fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Uh, maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 What's up, everybody? It's Saturday, February 4th, 2012, episode 105 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt. My name's Ian. We do this show weekly every Saturday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. Uh, you guys can leave us messages for the show, 406-204-4687. Of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter, be subscribed in iTunes, and all that. Uh, tonight we got a, a special interview for you guys. You know, we're uh, fans of law enforcement against prohibition. And whenever something comes out in the news that has to do with law enforcement or prohibition, uh, they are on it. Man, these guys, they pounce and they issue press releases. They have speakers come on shows like ours. Uh, they're a great group. And to this evening... Uh, the basically the story is, you guys know uh, there was YouTube and Google and the president. They've been doing a lot of uh, technological merging of sorts, trying to make the government more open source, more transparent, at least in our eyes. Who knows? And as you'll see by because, this, because Twitter really makes our government transparent. Uh, well, right, but awesome having having a spot that the president can go on live and talk to real people. I think there is something to be said about that. Now, they're how, moderated. They're they're it's sen- they're highly moderated. moderated. They're, it's, it's highly produced. scripted. It is. So, is there a worth to it? Even though, I don't know. That that's the question. So. Basically, there was uh, a moderated YouTube interview with President Obama. Uh, The number one most important video question, as voted online by participants, was not even presented to the president. They just oh let's uh, skip over that. Like one. I said, it's, it's they're not gonna they're not gonna approach any difficult topics. They're not gonna like this isn't transparent. This is this is That's a good let's point. answer the questions about what I eat late at night and how I dance. I, exactly. And so instead of a video question, which was submitted by former Los Angeles Deputy Chief of Police Stephen Downing, that's who we have on the show this evening. Uh, he asked for an explanation for the continued stance against legalizing marijuana. Obama instead opted, or Obama's crew, his YouTube team, opted to present questions about his late-night snacks and his dancing. So, and I guess, I mean, that's better than having a chat roulette moment where it's like, look at my dick. Next one, you know, like that sort of thing. Because it is the internet. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, YouTube. Like, you ever read through YouTube comments? Yeah, Not exactly the, the most intelligent group of people. The cream of the crop of our evolutionary right. path as homo sapiens. Not exactly the people we'd be like, ooh, the president's coming. Get Bill and Joe and buttfuck75 and let's go see the <laughs> see what the president has to say. Like, it's not. So, uh, Stephen Downing is a retired LAPD a uh, board member of law enforcement against prohibition. Uh, he had this to say. He says, quote, it's worse than 
silly that YouTube and Google would waste the time of the president of the American people. Steve Downing. Hi, Mr. Downing. You're live on the Hotbox with Matt and Ian. How are you doing tonight, sir? We're doing very well, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, we're good. We're good. Great. Uh, We were just kind of going over your statement here on the Leap site. Uh, We got to the part here where you say it's worse than silly that YouTube and Google would waste the time of the president and of the American people discussing things like midnight snacks and playing tennis when there's a much more pressing question on the minds of the people who took the time to participate in voting on submissions. And we kind of preface this by saying, you know, giving an explanation that the, the president has been doing hangouts. He does a lot of this stuff. And we kind of got to the point where we were discussing, is it is there a worth to it? Is It's so scripted and it's so pre-produced that when you see like your first-hand experience with high-voted questions... Hello? That Yeah, can you hear us? Hello? Sir, are you there? Yeah, yep. yeah you dropped out. Oh, okay. Here, um, so do you feel that this is worthwhile even though th- th- it's so scripted and it's so produced beforehand that they're not even real questions? Yeah, I, I very much feel that it's worthwhile because um, the President of the United States has agreed to answer questions that are posed by the largest web organization probably in the world. And they put out that, uh, that call to the people of the United States And the people respond, and they vote. And then the number one vote-getter for the questions is totally ignored. To me, that's very, very serious. Because we have demonstrated, by the number of people who responded to my question, that this is a serious public policy matter that should be discussed. Now, last year... uh, President Obama was asked somewhat of a similar question, and he did say that this is worthy of debate. Right, that was on the... This is worthy of public discussion. That was the We the People petition. And yet there has been no public discussion during the entire year. Well, and it is election year, though, so if if there was discussion about marijuana, it could jeopardize his uh, campaign to be reelected or have an effect on, you know, his near future, as well as any other candidates. You know, these these controversial topics are are very hard to touch on, especially in election year, which is unfortunate. You know, uh, it's interesting that you say that because last October... A Gallup poll showed that 50% of the people agreed with legalizing marijuana, and 55% of the people in the West agreed with that. Then, just last week, uh, we conducted a poll under under uh, the regulation uh, regulate marijuana like wine act to measure what kind of response we would get to that. And the very harsh, uh, what we call the the uh, Attorney General's title and summary, which just says, let's legalize marijuana, basically, it got a 55% positive result. 
when we added that we're going to regulate it like wine, it got a 62% result in the poll. Now, we asked a lot of questions in that poll, and uh, one of the questions was that uh, had to do with asking the, the people if our country's drug enforcement policies need change. 80% said they're a failure, that they need change. So with those kinds of numbers, for anyone interested in winning elective office, you would think that they would be open to that debate. And if you're really going to run for office and you're serious about being a good leader, you should take up issues that are on people's minds. Well, right. We've become the majority here. And I mean, it's it's been like that, but now more more people are becoming more vocal about it. And we're utilizing tools on on the Internet to be able to communicate in real time like this and spread information. And I, I think it's it's really making a difference. But when you when you see these these uh, interviews that are supposed to be the people talking to their leader and you see how scripted they are, it's hard to see if it's honest or not. And it's it's hard to to really rally the people behind that because they're like, oh, it's it's just another an, another ploy to get our votes. You know, who's to say that anything's going to come of it? I, I think the conversation definitely needs to take place, but it needs to take place in a, a more unscripted manner. It needs to be more real life. Well, uh, of course, I, I I completely agree with that. But uh, when we when we try to get government's attention, uh, we use any vehicle that's available to us, any legitimate vehicle sure. that's available to us. And so uh, this was one. You know, uh, President Obama uh, he made a lot of promises the first time he ran for office, and one of the promises he made was that he was going to leave the field of medical marijuana alone. Well, he didn't do that. We've seen a lot last, of raids. Last, last, uh, this last month or so, uh, the uh, uh, Attorney General has swooped down with a, uh, with a great big hammer yep. on medical marijuana across the state of California and other, and, and other states, and they have used the most despicable, tyrannical tools available to any government and they've used him in a very harmful way against the American public. And Mr. Obama has uh, ignored that. He's let it go over his head. He's danced around it. And he should answer to that. He should answer in a big way to that. Uh, <clears throat> we have bad law in this country, and we need to change that bad law. We're incarcerating too many people for making decisions about what they do for themselves. I was a police officer for 20 years, and I thought my job when I was hired on was to protect people from other people, uh, not to protect people from themselves. Uh, but in the last 40 years since Nixon declared the war on drugs, it seems all that we can do is fund the cartels and the gangs and stuff our people in the prison, mostly minority people, over drug laws and build more prisons and build build a prison industrial complex 
unparalleled in the world. You know, the United States has 5% of the world's population, but we have 25% of the world's prison population. That should tell people that there's something wrong in this country. 40 years of drug policy failure at a cost of $1.2 trillion should tell people that we need to reexamine this policy. Government is been has been totally unresponsive to that. And yep. this Google YouTube uh, uh, forum is a good example of that. We were completely ignored. Now, Google YouTube says they chose the questions for the president, but don't kid yourself. You have to know that the White House said, had some participation oh, in, in agreeing to what questions were asked. And so it's very disappointing the way this thing worked out. It's, it, I think it's disappointing how most things work out publicly with our government and, yeah. and behind closed doors. You know, I, it's, it's not very often – actually, I can't remember the last time that I, that I honestly felt that something happened or that some legislation was passed that actually benefited me as an individual. That was truly in it, our it best interest. It seems like the focus yeah. of our government isn't on the people. It's on themselves or, or the, the – the ones that have the money to finance their ability to be in office. I think, I mean, I think that's really where the focus is. And, and so I agree with the disappointing part of having these issues brought up publicly. I mean, I, w- I would have expected them to avoid hard questions. It's hard to frame. I suppose. <laughs> it's hard to keep. They, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the money. You, you hit it. When, it. when something doesn't make sense, Follow the money. Then what you go, what you do is you go follow the money, and you'll see why, why this uh, terrible policy re- uh, remains in place. And if you look at the signposts that are being laid down by our government at this time, you will see that they have no intention of even examining the failures of this policy, but more leaning towards expanding the war on drugs and expanding the power of the government to to fight i guess is the word that you would use to fight the so-called war on drugs to continue a war um, on its its people and in our chat room here justin fan light green says many loyal democrats say we should trust obama for a second term I feel like we've been violated more harshly than even by George W. What are we basing our trust on? And I've touched on that before, saying that he promised change, and we got change. It's just not what we wanted. So to be careful of what we ask for. Semantics, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I I would agree with Justin Fan as well that I, I think that there has been more promises and more things that have fallen through during this administration than the previous I feel like two. he would almost have to go beyond the point of legalizing marijuana, fixing drug policy, creating jobs, and something else, you know, before. Right. Like, that's how, I don't know, that, I feel like that's how much more he would need to do to get back in the good graces of we the people. So, do you think that well, any elected official is going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, approach any of those issues? Um, 
like honestly or wholeheartedly or in a fashion that's actually going to be beneficial for us American slaves. Some people think Ron Paul. What, what do you think about that, uh, Mr. Dang? Are, are you a, a well? I, I I think that Ron Paul would uh, uh, would attack uh, uh, the drug policy if he was in office, but uh, it's clear that he's not going to be in office. Right. I yeah. think that his 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 um, public position on the failed war on drugs is exactly the kind of position that the government should have. But uh, uh, you, <laughs> he's out of the race. Now you you talk about the Democrats. Uh, that that is to me what is um, what is uh, uh, surprising as well. Most of the support for ending the war on drugs or legalizing marijuana or whatnot comes from Democrats, but it is really a conservative issue. It is. I've been a Republican all my life, and. It is a conservative issue that is not being addressed by the conservatives. Look, the war on drugs deprives people of their civil rights, deprives people of their personal freedom. It, it has, it has uh, uh, implemented a bloated, big government bureaucracy in, in a dozen different ways. It is wasteful spending, and it is imprisoning people right and left that is to fight something like that is absolutely a conservative policy and yet these republicans well let's face it the republicans can't find their way home anymore <laughs> they're not republicans they're not lincoln republicans I'll, right. I'll i'll tell you that for sure modern age uh and and the uh, democrats uh the majority of them are afraid to deal with the issue they're too timid and so uh, really, what has become of this country, in my opinion, is that there is no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. They only play like there's a difference in terms of their so-called platforms. When hmm. when it gets down like to the that. rubber meeting the road and they get into office, they they just posture and play and take enough money to get elected the next time. That's where we are with these people. We've had a lot of political legislative time and money and resources just completely wasted chasing our own tails here, at least in Montana from what we've seen uh, the last couple sessions. It's just been appalling what goes on in there. And, and I think a lot of us, we recently got woken up to the fact of what's going on here because this is an issue that we feel so strongly about we wouldn't have watched one way or the other had this not happened and i feel like that's that's true for a lot of people and now that we're watching we're just blown away at like this has been going on for how long are you kidding me and it seems that that's all we are doing is watching exactly and, and that kind of goes exactly. back to the to this this youtube thing and anything else our government does it's it seems so manufactured theater, and produced right it's, right. Theater, like it's like reality airport. tv it's it's uh you know instead of america's got talent it's like american has legislators or something it, yeah, it, everything exactly. is so you know uh, catchy especially the way that the media presents these things you know they it's presented like a feature film right it's a here's our big build-up and here's the protagonist and here's the antagonist and you know be and on the right side or else 
a, a, a lot of times, sometimes I think that the problems that we have in our country have been manufactured by those that would like to come up with a solution. Right. Um, and, and this kind of comes back to uh, Sativex. You know, yeah. there's there's this push to, to suppress um, the natural plant of marijuana, but there's there's been some le- uh, federal legislators that have... If we sp- can patent it and sell it, right. then why not? You if know, it's if all- a company that has billions of dollars to push something like that forward, then they're okay with it. But having John Q. Citizen grow it themselves, that's out of the question. (laughs) Well, you notice that they they did that. Uh, uh, You know, the the original legislation that outlawed marijuana in 1937 during the Roosevelt uh, administration, uh, the politicians and their money supporters uh, demonized uh, certain classes of people uh, the brown and black class of people, uh, as marijuana smokers uh, who get uh, high on marijuana and go out and rape white women. They called it double weed. And that is the myth that they spread about marijuana when they undertook to outlaw it. But what they really did and what they were really intending to do was to outlaw agricultural hemp. Yep. which is a cannabis, cannabis plant as well, but you can't get high on it because it has a very low uh, THC content. So they out, outlawed hemp and uh, bud marijuana at the, at the exact same time that Henry Ford was inventing his first car and planning to run the automobile on hemp ethanol, number one. So Rockefeller was behind it with Standard Oil. Number two, a new synthetic material had just been invented called nylon. So DuPont was behind it. Huh. Number three, number three, <laughs> millions and millions of acres of forest were owned by Randolph Hearst uh, that he used to make newspaper. Well, hemp makes textiles. Hemp is in con- uh, was in competition with, uh, with nylon. Hemp was in competition with refined oil. And hemp was in constant, uh, in competition with paper and newspaper. And you can grow three crops of hemp a year without damaging soil. You can have huge production without damaging the environment. Yep. And, and <laughs> Randolph Hearst uh, uh, would cut down a forest for his paper that take 20 years to replace. Yep. But the Hearst newspaper chain, as well as other newspaper chains that own forest land, they jumped in on this bandwagon, demonized uh, the devil weed, and until the last couple of years, everybody in this country believed that. But it's the money. It's the money. Hemp agriculture could have been a major, major thing in this country, a boon to our economy and a boon to our environment. However, uh, we don't have it. So now, today, we import $50 million worth of hemp products every year in the form of textiles and clothing and purses and things like that. But it's grown in other countries. It's appalling to see that we could, as a a country as a whole, we could be so much more self-sufficient than we are right now had things gone the right way, what I what I assume is the right way, as opposed to where it did go with Harry Anslinger using you know these 
these what we what we would really hold now to be very racist and very uh, hypocritical actions in what he was you know legislating as, as a word. Um, it's just I don't know. I, I'm very embarrassed. You know, I feel shame for for what we used to be. It makes me wonder what. You know what other industries were stifled? What yeah, other things? Is, you know, right? like you know, like uh, uh, renewable energy sources, other yep. things that have been suppressed, much like we have suppressed the use of hemp or cannabis. Um, well, here in Los Angeles, where I live, uh, uh, back in the '30s, uh, they had a rail system called the Red Car that ran all through Los Angeles and all the way down to the beach, and they ripped that out. Wow. And they began to build freeways. Well, why do you think they did that? The oil companies were behind it. The oil companies bought that to happen. And now look at us. We can't hardly get to work in the morning on a freeway. We can't hardly breathe the air because of the freeways. They took away our public transportation, knowing that that would grow in lieu of freeways and, and every household having two or three automobiles. So, Mr. Downey, you are. what do you what do you propose is the answer? I mean, I know that's a <laughs> that's a very large question, but what is what's the first step? Is it d is it the, res- the, the only answer? Do we reschedule? Will or? be found in the people. The one tool, the one like tool that. that we the people have is our vote. Right. And what we have to do is mobilize that vote so that we can get the right kinds of things done in this country, so that we can get our Constitution honored again, and so that we can interpret our Constitution again like it was intended to be interpreted. And it's not just... And so that we can get people in office that truly want to serve the people rather than to serve the perpetuation of their pocketbook. Absolutely. And it's not just marijuana legislation. It's a whole gamut of, I mean, the the National Defense Act, SOPA, PIPA, the Protect IP, the the Open Act. It's not just this. There's a, a myriad of problems that are getting legislated into our lives, you know, whether we like it or not. And I really think you're right. We need to... We need to not only vote with our vote, but we need to vote with our money. We need to stop supporting these companies and these people that are in it for themselves. This needs to be a group effort. We have to be more self-sufficient. We need to get our country back. I, I, there's no, no, there's no other way around it. Um, here in Montana, uh, the DEA is starting to investigate state legislators who had. Um, Did you who see participated that? in helping either write or um, assist with marijuana legislation here in the state. Um, I know Diane Sands is another one. There's another legislator who didn't want to uh, put his name out because he wanted to avoid further harassment from the federal government. Um, do you think that this is a this is a, do you think that the federal government or the DEA is trying to you know squeeze uh, the state's legislators so that maybe they are more apt to do things their way or is that I mean are they following a, a legal process of sorts? They're not following a legal process. They're violating the sovereignty of the states. 
for for these people to threaten state legislatures the way they have been threatening them is tyrannical it's a violation of our constitution you know what a lot of people don't understand is is just back up to when we had the prohibition of alcohol what did we have to do in this country to outlaw alcohol in all states of the union what do we have to do we had to pass an amendment to the United States Constitution because the Constitution prohibited Congress from passing laws of that nature. So we had to pass an amendment to the Constitution. When we ended the prohibition of of alcohol 13 years later, we had to pass another amendment to the Constitution. But now we have the Controlled Substances Act. There was no passing of a amendment to the Constitution. It just happened. This is what I call the 100-year error. What they did was, is they entered into an international treaty related to drug law, and in 71, Nixon turned that into the Controlled Substances Act. Well, that's a violation of our Constitution. He didn't go through the amendment process to to the... to the Constitution. Well, just this last June 11th, the Supreme Court came down with a case, Carol Ann Bond versus the United States. You should read it. They found that if unanimous decision, if Congress wants to pass a law based on a treaty, and that law is in conflict with the Constitution, they must get an amendment to the Constitution. So I think right there gives us standing as we pass new legislation in the states. It gives us standing in, in the federal courts to overthrow this whole uh, Controlled Substances Act. What these DEA agents are doing by threatening state legislators and city councils, they're violating the sovereignty of our state. And that's tyranny. That's tyranny. And those legislatures, if they had the courage, and the state should stand up for them, and the attorney generals in the state should stand up for them, and sue the federal government for all they're worth. These kind of threats are, are absolutely out of line. We had a situation here the, uh, a week or so ago where a lawyer called the uh, AG's office and said, I'm trying to advise a client on how to implement state law regarding marijuana, Right. and I, I wanted to get your input. And the guy's answer was, your, my input is, is that you're doing, you're, what you are doing is just like instructing somebody how to rob a bank. Marijuana is illegal, period. So the federal government takes a position that the states have no rights in, in terms of medical marijuana. Well, That's let me just ask not you, true. Let me ask Read you this. Read the Controlled Substances Act. So what, what we need to do in that regard, we need the states and the attorney generals of the states to stand up for their rights as, as, as sovereign states. As you know, the Constitution is very restrictive to the federal government, and everything else is residual to the states. It's our protection. Well, we're, that hasn't been happening, and we mm-hmm. need to make that happen. Let me ask you this. What do you, when, when the federal government does that or says that, what is their defense when 
they themselves have seven or eight medical marijuana patients federally. How do they how do they respond to that? That's they respond. They respond by saying that the legislation uh, legislation gives them the right to do that, which it does. But they restricted it to like four people, right? You know? But ours and then, doesn't. And then their charter for for allowing uh, experimentation and research, oh, their charter precludes them from agreeing to any experimentation or research yeah. that may result in a positive finding that marijuana should be legalized. Yeah. We've talked about that that's, several... That's in, the, that's in their rule book. Yeah, many times. Yeah, that... we've talked about that. But if you want to do research showing that marijuana or cannabis is harmful, oh, all then day you can long. get funding. You get grants. They, they, will, uh, they, will shove it, they will shove the marijuana at you by the truckload. Absolutely, if, right? If, if you make a proposal <laughs> that, that, that says it'll be harmful, if you make a proposal that says, I want to prove that it helps uh, people with glaucoma, it, it will be denied. Oh, absolutely. Just recently, most recently, they denied, with good evidence on board already from other countries, they denied our veterans coming home from, from oh. Iraq uh, to have research uh, uh, related to marijuana's positive effect on post-traumatic uh, uh, syndrome. PTSD, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. amazing what it can do, but they, yeah. we can't, we can't yeah. get the research done unless it's negative. Well, we can't get the See, federal research done, but there is private research that has oh, been done. Absolutely. I mean, there's all sorts of... of, of Private or university, but try to get that into an accredited journal. Forget it. Right. I mean, you see it on the internet here and there, but not as much as you should. There has been positive. Well, other countries, you see, uh, lots of studies that prove marijuana has medical benefits. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Last Friday, I, my wife has uh, uh, fibromyalgia and rheumatism. And she's been treated by probably the best uh, rheumatologist in Los Angeles for the last eight years. And her her pain is just not being managed like it should be. Right. And because of my education uh, uh, in dealing with this, this movement, I've learned a great deal from people who use medical marijuana, and I've conveyed that to her. Neither one of us have touched marijuana in our lives. But I conveyed that to her, and I said to her, just ask him this time. So last Friday she did. She asked him about, would marijuana help me? And his answer was, I have a lot of patients who have benefited by using marijuana. And based on my experience with you, I think that it could very well help you. And the gr- and the then great- he said, and then he said, but I won't write you the prescription nor the letter because I don't want the DEA down my neck. Wow. And I said, I said, that is the perfect example wow. of tyranny in this country. When a woman who needs to manage your pain deals in private with her own doctor and the doctor has been put in fear of losing his practice because of the threat of the DEA, which doesn't have a medical bone in its enforcement body. That's tyranny. 
that's appalling that that's allowed to go on, and that that happens every day. We see doctors here that that happens too. Uh, that, hap- that happens a thousand times a day. Absolutely, in every city across this country. Justin Fan in the chat says, "How is it that the DEA decides what has therapeutic value and what is addictive? How do they know? Do, are they? Uh, are they, they don't know. They don't. They're, they don't know, but they pretend to know." Right. And every time somebody goes in as the new drugs are, I had hope for this current guy, Kowalski. Uh, I forget. I, I can't pronounce his name. Gil Kowalski. Uh, uh, he's an ex-chief from uh, Seattle, and uh, he seemed to have uh, uh, attitudes that this war on drug was a, uh, a money waster and uh, and bad policy, but he got in there and and he flip-flopped. He's just like the rest of them now. There's just something about crossing that beltway. These guys get absorbed, and uh, and and they they come out uh, given the same message that the last forty guys in there uh, gave, uh, and they they make no sense. It's weird. It's like once they get in there, there's some sort of brainwashing machine that happens, and they all come out the same. It's it's odd. What about you, Mister Downing? Uh, have you- since you've been involved uh, with Leap or with your stance on the war on drugs, like your peers, um, your neighbors, like what what kind of feedback do you personally receive? I mean, do do your uh, old coworkers, uh, the other officers that were on the force with you? I mean, is there negative reactions? Is 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 there no reaction? Is it positive? Are do people listen to you that uh, that are your peers? Uh, sure. Uh, it, it takes it takes the form in many ways. Uh, uh, first of all, I, I think that uh, people that are a part of LEAP who have been in the criminal justice system, either as a police officer or a prosecutor or a judge, prison warden, I think that because we're saying that this is a failed policy based on our experience, uh, it, it gives a little more credibility to our message. And so people will listen maybe a little closer than than uh, they normally would. Uh, what I find with a lot of police officers is that in private, they will agree with you that uh, it's a wheel spinner and that there has been no progress and that it's a waste of criminal justice resources. Uh, but in public, the culture of the organizations and the money pressure you know, the war on drugs provides millions of dollars in grants to local police departments, and it provides this this horrible system of what they call forfeit asset forfeit uh, asset forfeit uh, procedures, uh, where they where, where they seize cars and boats and homes and buildings and things right, like that, right. and then return eighty percent of the proceeds to directly to police departments. Uh, and, and so they do see that their resources are corrupted that way, but the the uh, environment, the cultural environment, to maintain the status quo and to use all the same old arguments are are very threatening to somebody, especially somebody that wants to be successfully promoted uh, through the ranks of the organization. Well, and so, we've- We've we've seen in I'm border sorry? we've seen in border patrol that gentleman Mr. Gonzalez we yep. talked about a while ago he got he lost his job because a coworker 
overheard him say that if if marijuana was legalized, our job would be a lot easier. These cartels wouldn't be as well funded. Uh, and he lost his job over that. I think we spoke to another. Well, you know what? He didn't even go that far. About, about all he said was, he said, you know, I, I was reading something, some stuff about what Leap says about this marijuana. Yeah, it's yep, yep. You know, they seem to make some pretty good sense. And that's what got him fired. Yeah, we, we had a gentleman from Leap on after that happened and we talked about it and we were just we it, it's amazing like you it, you fear for your job and that dictates how you kind of look at it and after so long of doing that that eventually becomes how you look at it. I liked what Mr. Gonzalez said is that he didn't he doesn't want to work somewhere where he's not allowed to think. Exactly. Which That's right. I I find that uh I find correlations with with that statement in a few different things. I think that a lot of of the American population doesn't like to think. They like to be told things, and and uh, like on the television, things are manufactured and presented. And I think there's a fair amount of people that accept that and would rather follow what they're told rather than think for themselves. Um, I'm. I was really excited to talk to, with Mr. Gonzalez because of his statement that was that clear about working for the Border Patrol on the Mexican border, saying that he felt like he couldn't even think and keep his job at the same time, like he had to be a robot without an mm-hmm. opinion. Very true. Very true. And so do you do you feel like reclassification is a good first step? What do, what do you feel is the first step, Mr. Downing? The first step in ending the war on drugs? Yeah. I mean, do we start with marijuana well, solely? I, I, and- I think that uh, I think what we need to do is regulate and control drugs and not criminalize them. And treat it I as think a- that we I think that we need to take the entirety of the criminal justice system out of the mix and look upon drug use as a health problem if it's abused. Now, some drugs, uh, if you don't abuse them, they're not that harmful. Right. Other drugs can be addicting. However, people that are addicted can also function in society. They can hold a job. They can go to work. They can take care of their family. But if they're in jail, they can't do any of that. And then the jail environment doesn't cure their addiction. At all. People need to be able to make decisions for themselves. If their decisions get in, get them into trouble, then they need to be able to make decisions to get themselves out of trouble, like seek treatment, or their families work at getting them out of trouble. The problem today is is that when a family tries to get a person with a drug problem uh, out of trouble with their drug problem, they also have to deal at the same time with a criminal justice problem. They have to hire lawyers. They have to go to court. They have to undergo the threat of going to jail. They have to go to jail. Then they come out and get some treatment. And and by the time they come out of jail and get some treatment, they've lost their job, they've lost their car, their kids are, you know, maybe in foster care. So the, the criminal justice system makes no contribution whatsoever to the humanity surrounding a drug abuse problem. It doesn't help anything. All it does is punish and ruin 
lives. Well, that system knows right and wrong. It doesn't know different shades of health issues. It doesn't know brain disorders. It doesn't know imbalance. All it knows is right and wrong. And sometimes I question that. It's... It has to be treated as a health issue and not as your criminal issue. evil criminal. It can't. That's not all it does is create evil criminals. And then that sets the balance off even more. And the cycle never ends. And the people that make the money are, are in the system. They're, they own a piece of that privatized business. And thinking about how um, – thinking that the last – was it last three presidents have admitted to using marijuana? Yes, sir. And then you know, how different their lives would have been if they would have gotten a drug charge when they were younger when they were using marijuana like I doubt they would have become the president of the United States with a drug charge matter in fact they probably wouldn't have been able to get a, a, a real career because Working of a background station, check right? Working at the well local... that's exactly what I said about this uh, Google YouTube thing and uh, it's another reason that President Obama should have answered this uh, in uh, 2010, 850,000 people were arrested for marijuana in this country. Yep. Well, that's 850,000 people that have been labeled as drug users. Those 850,000 people are going to have difficulty getting student loans, yep. getting grants, getting admitted to colleges, getting jobs, having careers. You might as well tack for that only number. one reason. One reason. They got caught. Yep. Now, Obama admitted that he used pot and cocaine, but he didn't get caught. Better. So he was able to achieve to the presidency of the United States. Yet now when he is in a position to deal with a policy that is ruining 850,000 lives in a single year, he ignores the question, and that's what makes it so so wrong. I wonder how that story would have played out had he been caught, or if the empathy for the people whose lives are destroyed by this policy would be more profound because of his experience going through that system. You know, it, it's had, had he been caught, he would not be the president. It, exactly. Of the it's States. yeah. I, I, had he been caught, he would have not been in charge of the Harvard Law Review. He Had he been caught, yep. he probably wouldn't have been admitted to Harvard. Right. He'd be a victim of the system, uh, as most uh, people that go through That's it That's right. Right. That's interesting. That's right. That's an interesting... I hope things get better. I really do. Um, it, it's dangerous, I feel like, when, when states like Montana have a lot of raids that happen. It makes... Other states look at us and be like, well, wow, look at all those problems where business was great up until that point. You know, there was no problem. It's well, it's a politically created problem where there's a demand. There's going to be supply. Right. And in, in, in any industry. So where there's a demand, I think that I think that here in Montana, though, initially, I think. I think there was such a uh, explosion of medical marijuana that it, it intimidated a but lot of people. That's the thing; these people, we were all smoking marijuana prior. Oh to. yeah, there's no. I didn't start smoking pot because oh look, medically I can. And granted, some people did yes, that they were have. really sick and that were like, ooh, I should try this now. Correct. But the majority of people weren't 
it wasn't a new thing for it's a vast majority new. of the new people. <laughs> like, what year well, is this? The statistical fact is, is any time marijuana has been legalized, there's been no appreciable uh, increase in the use. In other words, the layer is already there. Exactly. All we're doing when we legalize it is we're killing the black market. Yep. We're taking the money away from the cartels and the street gangs, and we're we're funneling that money to jobs and businesses and to uh, taxes. This uh, Regulate Marijuana Like Wine initiative that we have here in California right now, the legislative analysts said that if this initiative becomes law, it will save the criminal justice system, meaning the police, prosecutors, courts, and prisons, tens of millions every year, and it will produce revenue in the hundreds of millions. Oh, at least. And when you say revenue in the hundreds of millions, that means it's going to produce thousands of jobs. For sure. It's also going to provide for hemp agriculture, so this country doesn't have to import uh, hemp products anymore. It can be a boon to the economy, and it Absolutely. is less harmful than tobacco or alcohol. Never in the history of the world has anyone overdosed and died from using marijuana. Never. And it is less addicting than caffeine. Yep. So why not? That's if the that thing, layer it's... is there, why not? Wipe out the black market, take away 60% of the income of the gangs and the cartels, funnel tax revenues to the states that are broke, yep. and create jobs and businesses. You it's, know? it's one of those things. What's the worst that can happen? Risk management. Basic risk management. These people were doing it anyway. There are no problems, so let's try it. Let's try it out. Let's try it out in a few states and see in 10 years how they're doing. Because I tell, I guarantee. I think that there's a lot. I think one reason why the policies haven't changed much is there are a lot of people that are currently employed fighting the war on. There's drugs. a lot of jobs. Well, of that, course there are. Yeah, there are too many employed fighting the war on drugs. Exactly, and exactly, and and uh, and they're violating uh, too many civil rights by doing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, daily. It has diverted our lo local law enforcement uh, resources have been diverted away from serious crimes to these crimes where people individually decide that they want a marijuana cigarette. Just a the, the, the resources of our law enforcement, just as an example, just think what 850,000 arrests mean in terms of oh, police yeah. on the street, in terms of rape kits getting pushed back in line so that the laboratories can test marijuana so that they can be in court on time. The diversion that they do with it, the money they spend on that, the hours that you spend sitting in court, 850,000 times what? It's a waste. 50 hours per case? Such a waste. Such it's a, waste. a horrible waste. It's a shame. Right. Well, we're we're here every every week talking about this stuff, and it is even I notice in my day to day life, it just I, I see things, and I I just I get so frustrated about it. But uh, I don't know. You think about it, and as an individual, you know what can you do? You can vote, like I said, with your money, with the choices that you make in your life, with where you choose to to go. And I mean, as a larger group, as a whole, we can. 
we can we have a voice. I mean, we saw this firsthand with the protect uh, with Sopa and Pipa on online that when the internet is faced with something they don't like, they will let you know and they will clog up phone systems and drop websites because of how many of us there are, you know, it's it, it's it's amazing. I mean, we have the technology now, so I, I just hope that enough people get frustrated enough to actually get off their couches and do something. I mean, we have a lot of armchair activists, as we like to call them, that'll click a like button on Facebook, but that's about it, you know? So... Well, we appreciate your time, Mr. Downey. It's a great conversation. We love getting the, the chance to speak with, with people such as yourself from from Leap and everything. Uh, do you have anything you're working on uh, that you want to tell anybody about recently or that, that you want to plug or anything? Well, we're, we're working in this state on uh, regulate marijuana like wine. It's an initiative that we hope to get on the ballot. Uh, we need a lot of money to get it on the ballot. If any of your listeners uh, would like to read our initiative, they can go to www.regulatemarijuanalikewine.com. Uh, you can read all about it. You can uh, uh, sign up to help us. You can donate. Uh, we need money to get this thing done. Uh, if we pass it, if we pass it in California, as you know, we passed the first medical marijuana law here. 15 years ago, and yep. 13 states have followed so far. So California does provide the leadership, and this this uh, uh, <clears throat> initiative that we have has some unique features. It forbids local law enforcement from helping the feds enforce the federal marijuana laws, and it requires the state to defend uh, our marijuana laws in court. So in addition to regulating marijuana like wine, it also uh, puts up a lot of protections and provides the basis for us to to uh, continue this movement across the entire country. So people in Montana and across the, the country, uh, by helping us get this thing done, uh, can really help themselves as well, because this initiative will really provide some leadership for the country. Well, that's excellent. We'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes for this episode, and uh, we'll put uh, links to all your information up there on Leap. Um, yeah, the, it was a great conversation. I hope you guys really get the numbers to get that passed and, and get the funding and the support you need. That's that's kind of one of the major roadblocks here with the MTCIA, our local industry group. I mean, money is to pay the lawyers and to to get everything organized. It's no it's no small feat, and I, I, we really respect the people that are making it happen in other states as yeah. as well as as here. Well, local. regulate marijuana like wine will give anybody who has a problem with uh, marijuana in the future with the federal government. It'll give them a. Uh, <laughs> Unlimited legal defense fund because the state will be required to defend them. That's 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 excellent. Very very yeah. well. Very nice. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Downing. And I, I'm sure if anything else comes up in the news, uh, we'll we'll talk to you about it soon. Okay. Pleasure being with you. Yes, sir. You too. Have a great night. Have a good evening. Okay. Good evening. Bye bye. All right, Stephen Downing. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, we didn't really get to intro him very much. We kind of just no. got right into it. Um, he basically began his 20-year police career in a squad car and finished as a deputy chief of police. 
commander of the Bureau of Special Investigations at one point, the Administrative Narcotics Division was one of the divisions within his scope of authority. His vast experience in law enforcement has led him to the conclusion that the war on drugs can never be worth the human and fiscal costs. Uh, and basically, during a moderate YouTube interview with President Obama, the number one most important video question, as voted by online participants, was not presented. Uh, instead, a video, uh, and this was submitted by, you know, Stephen Downing, the former Los Angeles Deputy Chief of Police. Who we just had on the show. Who we just had on the show. Um, <laughs> asking for an explanation uh, uh, for his continued stand against legalizing marijuana. Uh, instead, like we said, Obama just talked about late night snacks and dancing. So way easier we'll to answer those questions. I wonder if he even told easier. the truth about that. Do you want to do a jig? You know, like I wonder what his responses Can were for late night say... snacks, and then I wonder if he even told the truth about what his really do what his think? real. Say Doritos, but I don't like Doritos. Yeah, you know, like was he plugging products? Oh, I like Could Nabisco, whatever's. Or oh, man, was it a commercial? Know, I, yeah, like you know, like I only drink Keystone Light. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. What? <laughs> and I only uh, dance to this kind of music. You know, yeah, like I don't Kanye know, like, West, right? <laughs> That's unbelievable. But we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes on hotboxpodcast.com. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about this. This is local, so I wanted to kind of save it. Uh, a judge has ruled that Montana's medical marijuana law does not shield providers from the drug of the drug from federal prosecution, delivering a new blow to an industry reeling from a state and federal crackdowns. So we were having state crackdowns. Well, with that. the law changing, the legislative ah, process, that was the, the changing in, of the law was was a, was, was a right state level, nuts. right? And then, but see, this is this is a prime example of Timothy Baldwin taking on the federal mm. government in court, trying because several of these defendants agreed we're to have pay him, on him. The show, but then we didn't. Oh. But I'm working on it. Well, here we'll, we'll just go with this. Okay, so. There, so he he uh the, the attorney that filed this case against uh to fight this uh lawsuit uh Timothy Baldwin had several people that wanted to pay him to represent them in a courtroom trying to show that federal law doesn't trump state law in this situation which huh I, at, when i saw that headline i thought who didn't know that already kind of thing. Like it's obvious that federal law trumps state law because of several examples. One, the raids, uh, two, the federal government openly like publicly admits that they can do whatever they would like to do or whatever they feel is yeah, right. They pretty much right. They're like, yeah. There's it, balls in our hands. Pretty <laughs> much like states rights. Move. Okay. Whatever. You. Get the fuck out of the way. And, it is, and yeah. you guys will piss and moan about Very it. A little protection. But then a few days later, you'll be distracted and forget about it anyway. Ooh, and shiny. So, What's up? Yeah, exactly. Um, Brittany who? The, I, I think, I think that, uh, that's why <laughs> there's so many distractions to important issues, you know, uh, uh, it's so funny the legislation Isn't that, that why they, sports stars and celebs are paid so much. It, it's such a powerful position well, that they hold. That's I, what I, I actually have thought. a really interesting position on why we pay sports. I always stars thought that's so much. why, and that our teachers were paid so low was to kind of make that whole thing happen. Well, that's why I always. Thought. I think people I get know. what they deserve. 
a lot of times as sure. as a group, not as an individual. Of course. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean. a populace usually gets what they deserve. And so when we are hungry for entertainment, and that's a major portion of American culture is entertainment. Yep. I mean, that's, that's where that's going well, to go. Well, no longer are we producers and consumers. We're only consumers now. Correct. We let China do all. It, it's weird, right? How right. that face sh- – that's – so as a as, as a consumer, um, we I think we kind of touched on this earlier about how to vote with your dollar instead of voting with a with a ballot. If you spend a dollar on something, you're kind of voting for that. You're you're saying I want more of this. I want more of this. And so every time you that can have a way bigger impact, way bigger than right. Right. You know, if 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 you could get a whole community to say, you know what, yeah. Uh, nobody's gonna the spend money on yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Next thing you know, well, and you can see this happening in a positive way with organic foods in grocery stores. Yep. You know, several years Keep ago, you had to go to a health food store to get organic foods or to get normal food. But yep. since the demand for organic and healthier food rose, it became all of a sudden <laughs> these big corporate grocery stores started creating a health food section. Interesting, the right? organic section because. If there is demand, there is going to be oh, supply. Oh, you take the same shit and just up the price? We can do that. Yeah. We have a whole section of that. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, you want to pay $6 for a bag of corn chips? Okay, oh, okay. we'll put it up there and people will pay it. Needs it needs to be in a shitty bre- packaging? We can do that. So, th- when you spend your money, you're you're essentially voting for whatever. You're and funding, so It's, it's right? really you're interesting. those yeah. companies. And so That's... it's really interesting to see which companies are funding our legislators or funding you know, future presidents. Or, and, yeah. and then you know, seeing... if you don't want to support a particular candidate, maybe look at who's paying his bills. Exactly. And then don't support them either. Exactly. Oh, so the Montana Tavern Association really likes Jeff Essman. It's reverse price fixing. Yeah, they really <laughs> like Jeff Essman. We do not. So I don't drink. I don't need the Tavern Association. Fuck them. Man, like I agree. <laughs> without without spending any money or giving them any of my personal resources, not that just me is going to make no, any but difference. You and me and them and her right. and everyone if, that's listening. If you listening, start to see that up, the Montana man. Tavern Association is is funding these anti cannabis uh, legislation in Montana, do like, you want to fund that? Like let's 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 not support the Montana Tavern Association because if you do, you're funding that. Correct. That's how this works. Correct. There's many aspects and to, to have a bar in Montana. You have to become a member of the Montana Tavern Association. So who do you support? None of them. If you can do the that, other thing that's interesting to, to think about, this might be a little bit of a digress, but um, money spent at a dispensary stays local. And the, and the reason for that is, right. is that um, it should at least. Well, it should. If, 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 if you're legal, if you're following the state if, laws. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All the money that a dispensary brings in stays local, although some of it obviously is going to go to utility companies like Flathead Electric. But everything else is spent locally. Um, we, you know, I think most of the shops here in Kalispell buy everything locally. Um, that, that money stays in the community. Sometimes, uh, local business, and this is the same for any local business, you know, like a, a privately owned restaurant and, and it's, it's a mom and pop kind of place. The sure. money that they make is spent locally. It goes into the local economy, but the money spent at a department or chain store is does not stay in the community. Yeah, no. they pay their employees, but that's it. 
But that's it. Like, and the employees spend their paychecks on things, but their that's profits it. do not stay in the community. So the, um, <laughs> I, I guess I kind of brag about this. I've never been in our Walmart here. I, 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 I will not go into the Walmart. I have not ever bought something from there because I don't support that. From any Walmart ever or just like in your adult life? When I was this... 22 and living in, <laughs> I'm sorry, when I was 21 and I was in Bozeman, uh, I used to go to the Super Walmart uh, to go grocery shopping because it was down the road from my house. Sure. And uh, that was the last time that I, th- when I moved out of Bozeman and started to open my eyes and, and wake up a little bit, I right. started to realize that, man, I don't know, I shouldn't probably buy shit from there. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, like, I mean, I, I do have cool, my though. point. That's... Like, technology, like, I don't know, I do, where do you buy technology from? There's not a, you know, there's not a mom and pop necessarily store to go buy nice technology you know at. I, I wrote about that in the show notes for this Android podcast I do about that thing where Apple came out and a lot of its places in China were having just awful work conditions meanwhile no way yeah right meanwhile here's Apple one of the most worthwhile companies right. as far as you know anything in the world and so I wrote that you would be hard-pressed to find uh, to support a manufacturer whose uh, parts aren't made like that because we've come so far from the other side of the spectrum that that we're making stuff and then we're buying from our, our brothers and sisters. Now we're simply buying from overseas and regardless of if I have a Galaxy Nexus or an Apple iPhone, both of them were made in shitty conditions. Exactly. And what is that worth? We're not willing to pay the extra money to have something like that made here. Cheap. We won't. Exactly. We're cheap. When did that start? That's why I was trying to – you could take it back. How far can you follow that to to where we, we became less self-sufficient and more – fuck it, whatever. Probably in the 60s when they started to do subsidized farming. You think? That's – that's interesting. I, I mean, that's my guess. I, I don't know that much about this topic, but we started paying yeah. farmers not to grow food. Right. And then we started importing more food and getting things from that's other countries to wow. help feed our population. I, I bet. And so there so there it was. started there. And then I bet you there was a trade embargo or some sort of legislation yep. written that it, that eliminated or lowered importing our, taxes. Legislating our capitalism? Get the fuck out. Who Only would do to that? benefit the indo- well, it's like the SOPA law. The legislators yeah. that endorsed that law, they didn't even know what the fuck Who they the were fu- signing. Yeah, the they didn't know what it was about. It. Put my name on and it. And the same thing probably happens with other legislation having to do with embargo taxing and and and, and importing things. It's yep. not the legislative body that's coming up with the law. It's the interest group that wants a law a particular way, and they're going to convince these elected officials to support it as well. And that's what we saw with SOPA. Well, I'm not a nerd. Uh, I don't know. Bring the nerds in. Are they tied up down Right? A chain of them? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Chained together with a Cat 5 cable? (laughs) Oh, man. Get in here, nerds. (laughs) And how insulting, really. Get out of your lockers. Because I understand what the law meant so not only are they calling me a nerd but anybody that knew what the law meant they're calling them a nerd that's a push towards the whole if you're smart you're not cool thing that we kind of experienced in high school or how about these nerds that want the internet ugh fucking nerds man go back to your job at the gas station because you got busted with pot when you were 18 isn't that crazy 
Don't use Order. the internet. What kind you of might s- see pictures of my package on the internet. <laughs> and then you might not vote for me or Shit. buy something to my support my cause. Is on there. Shit. When did we go so wrong? So anyway, um, the providers claim the raids violated their constitutional rights in part because state law passed by voter initiative in 04 allows them to grow and produce the drug for medical use, right? So uh, Judge Malloy wrote in his order that the providers can be prosecuted under the Federal Controlled Substances Act even if they are following state law, which sets a fairly shithole fucking precedent. No, it doesn't. That states the obvious. It's always been that way. Well, yeah, but now it's another it's another court case that they can point to. Is it's unfortunate like that, that they had to have a court ruling on that. I I thought that was I just I felt like that, that was like a common cut. sense kind okay. of thing. Okay. The federal law yeah, yeah. in most cases overrides states' provisions, I especially just feel like then with what's drugs. The point of having states' laws, then I mean, shouldn't we just have all federal law and say fuck it at that point? I'm sure your people in Washington, D.C. would love it. I, I, I'm just saying, like, isn't that what that says? Isn't that the, what it that's saying? That I would like to know about We're some, not going to give a shit anyway. Well, this is interesting because Montana doesn't have real ID. And, and that's a federal law. And didn't Montana hmm. uh, say no to... Obama's health care thing. So why didn't the feds come in and threaten and to See what fu- I'm saying? So so the state of Montana said no that's way okay. to real ID. Right. And that's a federal thing. So they just picked their battles. Right. I see. I'm guessing. I mean, I, I just sense. know that there's a Makes few sense. federal things that have come down the pipeline and Montana said, mm, no, not going to happen. Sure. I know real ID was one because... I don't know. I was like into the whole conspiracy thing for a minute, and I was, you know, like concerned it's so small, about you wouldn't even know yeah. if it was in you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Timothy Baldwin, another plaintiff's attorney, said he, Jensen, and their clients were discussing whether to appeal the ruling to the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. I hope well, they don't. That's federal court. Yeah. What don't. are they going to say? I hope they don't pay Timothy Baldwin to take this to the Ninth Circuit. What are they going to say? Federally no. dismissed. Right. That's no. all. Get we've the seen fuck out this, of here. We've seen this before. Next. Next. <laughs> now serving. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Uh, quote, this is too important for us not to appeal to the Ninth Circuit, Baldwin said. It's disappointing to see how the states have essentially paved a path for citizens to engage in what they believe is lawful activity. Only Timothy to Baldwin. set them up for federal intrusion like this. Timothy Baldwin uses the word believe a lot for a lawyer. Lawyers it's so funny can't. to read Getz's report. There's not a single uh, mention of belief or I think it uh, is. Is this, this is the way that this is. Is this Bible class? Because <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you that. You well, can't. I this don't know is we, absolutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I don't know has if we to have him on the show. I don't know if we should have that guy on the show. I don't know. We'll talk about it after the show. U.S. Yeah. Attorney spokeswoman Jessica Fair said federal prosecutors had no comment on the ruling. The federal raids in March 2011 placed a chill over Montana's booming medical marijuana industry, causing several providers to close down because their inventories had been seized or out from fear that their businesses would be next. You're next. I was already done. I've, I I've already gone through that. <laughs> yeah. 
So several rated providers have pled guilty to federal drug. We're projects. curious since we've since we've Did gone you through the plead raid. Guilty? Is that you? Did you? Fuck no. Federal. They drug? didn't even know my name. They didn't charge <laughs> me with anything. Federal drug charges, really? Um, since since we've been raided and all the other dispensaries that have been raided. Ha- the ones that stayed open haven't been bothered since. You can't stop me now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, you know, that's your slap on the wrist, and then they're going to go after like, someone else. We're warning everybody gets a slap on the wrist, and then what? I don't know. We come back right. That's what I'm curious about. Like, you better pay us your protection money. Right. We're going to be back next week. I forget about it. Yeah. Um, lawmakers struggled last year to come up with a solution for what many people perceived to be an industry that at the time was growing too quickly and with too few rules. Which other industry in the history of the fucking world has been reprimanded for growing too much too quickly? Whoa, Facebook, 800 <laughs> mi- Whoa! All right, we're going to need you to slow down. We're going to need you to to sign some permits to get some licensing. Like, what? Who the fuck does that? And I'm sorry. It can be argued that Facebook is not good for your health. Their IPO? I bet you could it, I bet you could form formulate that, a pretty good like uh, uh Well, so is McDonald's. That well, right, but I'm just saying so that so rich. We should be his best fucking friends. <laughs> Bro, do you think do you think uh, uh, with that it would be really odd? I think it would be very difficult to have friendships at that with that think? over your head. You know what I mean? Like that it's with, always because like it, do it would you be care at that point though. I feel like maybe yeah. I think I would care if it was know, a real human connection or if this person right, was just right. What's playing our the role. Status? But I'm bitter about people playing roles. Well, people tend so, to, especially up here. I mean, um. I think I think that you know it'd be difficult I, to make real human connections if you were worth eighty billion dollars, unless you were really does modest. That, does and, that cause you to hold more worth in the the human connections you had prior to? Probably Maybe? not. Really? I don't know. Like, huh? That's interesting. I, I guess. don't. I think that kind <laughs> we'll of money. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hotboxpodcast.com slash donate. But you know, mo money. Come on, mo. Facebook. Come on, Mark. <laughs> like point zero 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 one. I know. Right. What would that be? Annual income like, would what, be like. What is that to you? Point zero 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 one. Support your favorite marijuana. Podcast. I think that'd be like eighty thousand dollars. I'll do shows five days a week, and we'll talk about more than just 800, marijuana. Eight hundred thousand dollars if you did point zero 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 one. Eighty thousand dollars. I don't give a fuck. I would take eight dollars. I will do a show five days a week and talk about everything, not just pot. We'll do a Facebook podcast. I don't care. <laughs> I can do that. We do Attack of the Androids and the Buffer Overflow show, and the we, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Lawmakers, uh, the legislative action is currently under legal review. Will absolutely uh, appear in the November ballot for voters to endorse or reject. Here. I, I hope that what? when people go to vote in November, they uh, 
I actually have quite a bit of faith that people are going to be voting against, which is what we want. We're going to vote. But I think Mark people are going to see medical marijuana and then they're going to see the boxes for and against. They do that. And they're, right? they're going to and they're they going to say against because they're not going to. I mean, most because voters. We're dumb. We're fucking. They don't want to read the whole dude. sentence. I don't read any sentences. Like Shit. medical marijuana against. you like, which is perfect because that's how you want to vote on this issue. We are against the new oh law. Fuck. And so, like, I hope that it, on the ballot it's We're worded s- in a way that it's, like, medical marijuana for or against kind of thing. You're going to need a fucking PhD to figure out what the fuck you're voting <laughs> for, dude. That's whatever. Just, just be careful out there, guys. That's all we ask. Listen to this show and tell your friends about it. Get us on Stitcher. Give us a dollar on Stitcher, hotboxpodcast.com slash stitch. Catch us live every Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern. That was a good interview. I yeah, enjoyed that. I like that. Stephen Downing from yeah. uh, Leap. He was cool. Former L.A. Deputy Chief. Uh, good stuff. I'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, I want to leave you guys in closing with this. Uh, this was from the MTCIA Facebook says, if you or someone you know may be at risk of being charged with possession, distribution, or manufacturing cannabis, there's something you should do at the very first chance you get. Place a decal on every package of cannabis and on every book about it, on every piece of equipment connected with it that reads... Quote. It's like a huge decal. Like it's going to fit on a bag. Unless it's like a three pound bag. Right. (laughs) It is the right and duty of an American jury to find the defendant not guilty of violating any unjust law or law which is being applied unjustly. This is true even when the prosecution has proven every allegation contained in the indictment against the defendant. If you are in a mer- me- 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 if you are in a medical marijuana state, you should add quote the possession of cannabis for medical purposes legal under put in correct state law. This forces the prosecution to choose between not submitting an item bearing this decal as evidence or having one of the prosecution's witnesses read it aloud in open court on cross-examination. Folks, this was written by someone else, and it should include the right to jury nullification also. There you have it. Got to put that on a pretty big bag of cannabis. It's a really small print. (laughs) Like, the jury, if you please... (laughs) <laughs> you got to read it with a Shakespearean accent. So email info at hotboxpodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe to us in iTunes and write us a review. You can do that, right? Twitter.com slash hotboxpodcast. Find us on Google+. Plus. Just search. Google it. Google that shit. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's almost uh, our anniversary, by the way. Did you know that? Did I tell you that? Uh, a year of hotbox? Did I tell you that? Is that what that means? A year of hotbox? In May. We started May 2010. On what day? Uh, episode... Well, there was point five, which was a beta test, posted on May 22nd. Okay, I'll be back by then. May 23rd was test two. And I then leave in, our first episode was May 25th, 2010. Yeah, I leave in two weeks. Yeah, do you want to tell anybody about... You're going to Belize for 18 days. 
to set up shops so that I can move there <laughs> to <laughs> live the, to see what it's like on an island to live a life to use my passport see <laughs> true that to chase cute Belizean women around. Fuck, can you imagine? So apparently on this island that I'm going to stay on. Do you know what Belizean women okay. look like? So apparently the, on the <sighs> island that I'm going to, there's a small community, a couple bars, a couple dive shops, you know, but it's really small. You know, a couple hundred people live on the island sure. only. And so they don't have, like most of the, like the, the residents don't have anything. Like, you know, they don't have stuff. They don't want they anything don't either. Exactly. And so this is what I'm really excited about is that it's not really Letting about go. what you have or what you're wearing or what nope. you drive. These people are only concerned about who they're, you are. They're earthy. Right. They that's only want to know that's, about personality. They could give a shit less about anything else because God. they don't need it. Can you it. imagine? I can't. And Ian. I want to find out Ian. what oh, it's like man. to be judged purely on character Dude. and not on anything else. To to be surrounded by people that have no interest in anything um, monetary or you know anything this like is substantial, be the realest experience of your life. Yeah, I think so. And so, uh, Dude, like, I'm so jealous. The people that live on this island, I guess they spend some of their day like fishing or spear fishing or surfing or or loving oh, life. Right, exactly. You know, like, My oh. buddy keeps telling me that um, there, there's a couple. They're not really roads. They're like sandy paths on the island, sure. and there's golf carts, but there's no car. Cars. So there's a few golf carts on the island. Some people have golf carts, but most people ride little uh, little Scooter. pedal bikes. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the whole island isn't even like two square miles. I mean, it's it's pretty small. It's, yeah, really, it's it's long That's and cool, narrow. Though. But I so like I guess as you're walking down to the little downtown area, which consists of like. I don't know, like 12 buildings. <laughs> sure. As you're walking down there, you'll be walking by people's houses and they're playing reggae music and they'll like yell, Hey, morning! You know, like yell, like That's because cool. they're so excited to see com- you. Like you're new right? and oh, hey, come on over! Like, and I'm really excited about That's that cool. because I mean, even in Montana, people are friendly, but not that friendly. Sure, sure. As you're walking down the street, people aren't playing reggae, well, wanting you to come over and, and, you know. The other interesting thing is, is that, you know, these people, they smoke and they drink. Very heavily, but they live a very long life. They live into their 90s quite often. Wow. But they live a stress-free life. That's key, dude. Stress-free life. Stress, dude. Like, wake up. And that's the other thing I'm excited to experience is like... uh, What's um, that like? The the individual that is... Disconnected. um, That is kind of my guide, I guess, or the guy that's been there several times. And and the person that is is going along with... um, I'm really excited to like wake up in the morning and just be so fucking jazzed to do nothing. Exci- yeah, right. <laughs> like, to, live. To, to, to to be find alive. Find out what I'm going to, to do sense. for the day. Do to I want to go fishing? Interact. Am I going to go over to there? Collapse and in Belize, there's the it's the second world's second largest coral reef, which is um, and it's the most biodiverse area in the ocean. And so, like, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to go catch some fish and fry some shit up in a pan and see if I can sur- see what it's like to, to just live life and survive for 18 days. That's going to be cool, man. That's going to be very cool. Uh, I'm posting on the Facebook for Hotbox Podcast the, the video question from YouTube from Stephen Downing. They try. If you guys want to see, like, what the actual question was uh, in him asking it. This is what he sent to uh, Obama. So it's interesting. Uh, it was good. I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to talk to him. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Check out our site. Check out our forums we share with the Jam Hole. It's the Jam Hole's anniversary. That's uh, next week. That's what I was thinking of. I thought it was ours, but ours is in May. The Jam Hole starred February 22nd, 2008. So. 
And it was that show that kind of started all this other stuff. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, we got the hot box attacking the androids is our Android podcast. I do once a week with some other fellas, uh, buffer overflow show. I do on Tuesdays with a, a guy named Joey from Vermont or Maine. I mean, from Maine, sorry, Joey. And yeah, check it out. It's a little empire. We're building here a little podcast empire. So thank you, Ian. Thank you. Uh, we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. If you like you like we where where you need to be. If you like we this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.